This is Steal This Sermon, number 43, 26 Thoughts About Marriage, Part B, Part 2 of 3. So, we've reflected on uh, Coach Rosie's process and your process of getting to the point where you've got the right person. Number one. So let's uh, start out this process with an idea from that noted American theologian, Jay Leno. You know, the Gospels are pretty thin on marriage advice. In fact, they're almost non-existence on it. So, we're forced to send in the clowns. Here we go. Jay says, you want to marry your conscience. Marry the person you wish you would be. Ponder this one long, ponder this one hard. Is this a person I admire? Does he or she inspire me? Or am I just tolerant because they have some good points? Not enough, not enough, not even close to enough. Kind of like mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, if you're familiar with Latin. Number two. This is uh, from... Someone called M. Mincha. She's a wise woman that I, for one, have never heard of, but she is so wise, I don't care who she is. She said, I hope you will meet someone who is more important to you than yourself. Wow. Can you say this? Can you believe it? Can you live it? Can your partner? If I only had time for one thought, this would be it. I hope you will meet someone who is more important to you than yourself. Okay, number three, this is a super biggie for your happiness. Fall in love with a person who will never let you wonder if you matter. Or, to rephrase it, if he shows you he doesn't care, believe it. If you don't heed this, the ship will sink every time, and you will sink with it. Now we're at number four. This is one that I guarantee you are not going to see coming. It sounds odd, but it is a recognition that we are all one of a kind, all a little bit off-center. When we find someone whose weirdness is compatible with our own, we join up with them and fall into a mutually satisfying weirdness, also known as true love. I love that one. Every couple is unique. Every individual is full of quirks. If you haven't recognized the basic weirdness of one another, you aren't paying attention. Number five. This is one about the seriousness of your choice. A wedding is a celebration that human beings can do great things that they have been given such immense freedom and power to take the helm of their own life's journey. Take the helm. In modern two terms, one might say, you two own this marriage. Take care of it. Future generations are counting on you. Number six, it's music time. If both of you can't embrace the values conveyed by the 60s folk songs, take a hike. Some folks follow rainbows, I am told.
Some folks search for silver, some for gold. I have found my treasure in your soul. Wow. Does he find his treasure in your soul? Do you find your treasure in his soul? If the answer shown through each of your actions is kind of or mostly, run now. Words are not enough. What do the actions show? Number seven, the hits just keep coming. This is a real oldie, a huge hit from 1000 BC in Israel. It is about two people launching a new civilization. No mention of Gorilla Glue, but the idea is pretty much the same. A man shall leave his mother and a woman leave her home. They shall travel on to where the two shall be as one. As it was in the beginning, is now until the end. A woman draws her life from man, gives it back again. Some things never change. A woman draws her life from man and gives it back again. A man draws his life from woman and gives it back again. Number eight, this one's mine. Simple idea from a simple man. What your spouse is will seep into your very soul. Marry your favorite poet and you will become more poetic. This is always true in all ways for whatever your favorite is. You're choosing what you're going to become. Number nine, I got all the way to number nine before I hit one that is blatantly sexist. I improve. Here goes. Life is not fair. Please ponder this uncomfortable insight. A woman must carefully test the temperament of a prospective mate. This test is for a gentle heart, a heart capable not simply of lust, but a heart capable of compassion. Okay, boo me if you want. Call me 25 years from now on November 14th, 2025. I'll have a phone in my coffin for those of you who still have a beef. I expect no calls. Please listen. Look for that which lasts. If we live long enough, we all come to look like prunes. Number 10. Love is absolutely vital, but it isn't enough. Love got you here. Only commitment and steadfastness and love will get you home. Without all three, the car goes into the ditch. Are both of you capable of these underrated virtues? Have you tested for them? Did they pass? Did you pass? If not, you should pass. Number 11. I'll take counterculture for 40, Alex. Don't marry them because they are the one. They become the one because you married them. This goes against every single thing our culture teaches. Everything that Hallmark movies teach. Talk about this one. To be certain you are both on the same page. The roads you cross are wide. The rain is never going to stop falling. Be sure the glue of commitment will hold up. Number 12, compatibility is overrated as a marriage factor. Didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> if two people think alike, one of them is unnecessary. Mutual wordness works better than perfect matches and is way more fun. 40 years from now, you should be able to say, you know, 
You're still crazy as you were on the day I met you, and I love that you are. And last but not least, you may be glued together, but there will always be opposite centrifugal forces pulling you apart. Marriage fails without love and effort. Only love can reconcile the inevitable opposite needs. Nothing else will do. Lesson. Test for laziness. Test again. Once more. Gotta be sure. Good luck to each of you. Even more, I wish you wisdom in making the most important decision you will ever make. Amen. Hallelujah.